Right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Starks artist. You're now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. We hope everyone had an amazing Thanksgiving and a few days off. We were originally planning on releasing an episode this past Friday, but naturally, because of Thanksgiving, travel, and just being with family, we decided to postpone and push back to today so we apologize but next week we're going to be back on a regular scheduled program every wednesday and friday up until the end of this year and whenever we were thinking about this episode and the conversation we wanted to have it somewhat ironically tied into a lot of the themes that we associate thanksgiving with when it comes to gratitude thankfulness and just being appreciative of what's right in front of you and when it comes to this idea of being too casual with God, one of the biggest reasons this came to my mind and I wanted to talk about it is because I never want to become desensitized to the miraculous nature of God and what he's done for me, what he is doing and what he will continue to do, especially when it comes to my salvation, when it comes to the gospel and even the everyday of what I'm able to experience and walk into. And today, someone reminded me of this when it came to just being in a constant state of gratitude. I think just with or as anything else in life, you only really need gratitude um, when it's hard to be grateful in times where it's easier to complain or look to the left and right of what is not or what you don't have. And I even had a moment today where I was in that particular place of almost forgetting what I had right in front of me and the privileges of what God's given me and what I'm able to walk into. And so I just had to like really take a step back. And it was weird because I felt myself almost emotionally about to shut down and get anxious and my mind go a million different places. And for whatever reason, I've never heard this before. No one's told me this. I don't know what prompted it, but I just literally started to just feel around the apartment and just the walls and the doors, the, the bed, the table, um, and just allow myself to be present to literally be thankful for the fact that what's around me is in my possession. I have access to and God's allowed me to have. And so that's what we really wanted to get into today because I think sometimes when it comes to this idea of God being a friend, that's amazing. But the definition of what that is has become so loose. And I think sometimes we can, in turn, treat God that same way in our relationship with him, how we speak to him, how we conduct ourselves in terms of the reverence that we have. And in the same way, I want to live in a constant state of gratitude with what I have. I want to live in that constant state of reverence. I never want to become just too, like genuinely just like too casual of knowing that like God's by my side and like, that's not normal and not, and not anything that should just be treated as such. And I think this conversation is very timely for me as well, because I was sitting down thinking about some notes and I was telling my girl, I'm like, damn, I'm struggling to just like come up with stuff to talk about. Like, I don't know. Like, I got a couple things. But I don't know, like what to, what to get into. And she was like, you can talk about like the last few days. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. So the last few days, I feel like I've just been. I guess in a general way, taking God too lightly. Like I found myself back in this place where 
I just I was just binge watching a bunch of movies, bro. Like I was watching a bunch of Netflix. I was watching a bunch of new movies, bootlegging them on one, two, three, one, two, three movies. The one, two, and three is crazy. <laughs> I was bootlegging them, bro. I was on the bro loves website, one, bro. two, three. Bro. I do, bro. Ain't nothing better than free movies. So, but I literally went in the spot. Like it was like three days, bro, where I'm just was I wasn't intentional about seeking God when I woke up. I wasn't intentional about making sure I, I was seeking Him throughout my day, and. It was very discouraging because God's been teaching me like I need to be more dependent on Him, and then it's like I kind of just like fall into this this uh, this rut for three days where I'm constantly just distracting myself with this, that, and the other instead of running to God and constantly seeking for comfort, for entertainment, running to the show and run to that. And um, yeah, so like I was literally taking God too lightly, and so I was sitting here and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yo, how does that correlate to this conversation? And it came to me because it's kind of coming off something that you said, but I think it's it's hard to be grateful for something that you've never had to live without. And I, I think God kind of revealed this to me when I was like getting out of this rut. And I'm like, yo, God, like really coming back to him to that point where he was the only source. And I was reminded of this verse in Exodus and I had to go through my notebook and find it because I was like, yo, this is crazy. But it was Exodus 8, 13, 15. Right. And this was one of the plagues that um, God had put on Egypt and it was the frogs. Right. So it says in this verse, it says the frogs died. They piled them in countless heaps. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them. So essentially what had happened was the frogs had was going through all the land and then Pharaoh called up Moses. He's like, yo, go to God, tell him to help us out. Like, yo, I'm sure like, this is tough. Like, I don't know if I can deal with this. Like, t- please tell God, help me out. Moses goes to God, God gets rid of and kills all the frogs. And then it says in this verse, like the moment that he found relief, he hardened his heart once again. Right. And, my prayer in that moment was like, yo, God, I don't want to be like Pharaoh. Like, I, I don't want to mm-hmm. be like Pharaoh. When things are comfortable, when things are good, when life is good, when, and and not even in, because sometimes we talk about running to God when stuff gets difficult, but not even like in like an extreme way. Just when I have peace of mind, like the moment I have peace of mind, the moment that um, I, I, f- I feel like, you know, just have peace with things. Like, I don't, I don't want to run to Netflix again and feel like it's okay to do that because, oh, like I'm good now. And I feel like that's what we do sometimes. Like we treat God casual in that sense. And it's like, yo, I go to God when I need peace and, and when I, when I'm, when I'm stressed out, when I'm anxious and then he gives me that peace and he gives me my comfort. And then I go home and I watch hours of this and, and I, and I don't get in my word and I don't prioritize him. And it's like with the little things and. Yeah, that, that just reminded me of that moment the last couple of days is why I said this so timely. And I told him, I was like, I don't want to be like Pharaoh, like help, help me to be intentional about this. Cause I don't, I don't want to treat you like, like you're not the source of all sources. You know what I mean? I don't want to treat you like, like you're not who you are. So I, that, that verse just came to remembrance. Cause I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like we, we, we're like Pharaoh in that sense where things get good and it's like uh we we start kind of slipping back into other things so yeah that's that was coming to mind that makes so much sense and that does tie in perfectly just the idea of god don't allow me to get so comfortable that my heart is hardened again and forget what life was 
like without you, right? Because exactly. to your point, sometimes it is hard to be grateful for something that you've yet to go without, you know, because sometimes we can take for granted the basic necessities that we've all had access to. Some of us, when it comes to having shelter, right, or having family in the house, having love, peace, some level of joy, food on the table, clothes on our back, and it becomes something that we just expect and don't have the reverence for because it's just been what we've always known. Exactly. And no, I love that. I just don't want our heart to be hardened once relief comes. Exactly. Right. Even in times in which there's nothing difficult or a valley I have to go through or some mountain I have to climb. I want to give you the same praise. I want to have the same dependency and that same reverence, love, and all in the valley the same way I do on the mountaintop. And I think that's when the challenge of you know gratitude, of reverence, and exactly. devotion really comes in is when it feels like you don't need it anymore. Because sometimes we think a lot of our admiration is from necessity and sometimes not true desire. So we can be seeking God from a place of need. And when that's met, like our, our, that, that same, right. that same pursuit isn't there. And mm-hmm. I believe it's when our heart's desire is him and him alone, independent of my circumstance, my praise will be the that's same. Fire. And yeah. so I think, you know, that's something that you begin to grow into immaturity, right? When it comes to your faith, yeah your walk with God and your idea of what it means to be son and a daughter of God and really making him Lord. But also something that I was thinking about when it came to this is the fact that I think a lot of people talk about having an abundant life in terms of material possessions and experiences or relationships or their potential when it comes to their gifting and what life has to offer and what we can get out of it. But in my eyes, I believe you can't have an abundant life without having an abundance of God himself and having a level of pursuit that sends you to deeper levels in your spirituality and your walk with God. And I think my biggest fear is along with not living up to my full potential on earth, is getting to a point where I become stagnant in my knowledge of God. I don't want to be the individual that just goes to church on Sunday and the rest of my week is filled with every other thing but him. I don't want to be the individual that is just okay with, you know, a lackluster relationship with God. And I want more of him. And I think this idea of being casual with God, this can come into it as well. We think we're in a good position because we are attending church and or we are reading our word and attending Bible study, but we've yet to really challenge ourselves, become uncomfortable, to press in further, to know more of who he is and what we can do for him. Just don't want to be the person who just attended church casually every single week. And I was an amazing person but I wasn't everything God wanted me to be. And I also didn't get to know him to the depth that I could while I was here on earth. And that was also 
a thought that came to mind with this conversation. I don't ever want to get stagnant even in my walk. Like there's levels to this. Yeah. Um, I want to move on to maturity. I don't want to grow deeper in my revelation. Mm. I don't ever want to be comfortable with the knowledge or the history or experience yeah. that I have now. And yeah, I, I think I've, I've had a similar conviction too and still do. It's just not wanting to leave anything on the table. Like God, everything that you have for me, all the potential of of just knowing you, walking in a perfect, I want to reach all of that. Like, and you can't get there with a casual relationship, like like you're saying. I guess that would be just like a reason why you shouldn't treat God so casual and can't treat God so casual. Because the moment that you do, like you're forfeiting all of, you know what I'm saying? You're forfeiting the 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 fullness of everything that God has for you. So I think that's a really good point. And I don't mean to backtrack too much, but you said something I thought was really good about after after what I said about going to God when you just have a need that you want to be met. And then once the need is met, it's kind of like there's no there's no need for God anymore. And something that has has been on my mind a lot more frequently, like something I've 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 learned. But something that God's been bringing to the forefront of my mind is like recognizing like that that He's the need. Like once you recognize that He's the need, it's like you're you're constantly going to be going to Him. I'm gonna explain like this: like if if the need is Him, like I said, so so say I have anxiety and I think my need is simply just His comfort and not Him. Then the moment I get His comfort, it's like oh I'm cool. But it's like recognizing like, no, like the need is him. Like his comfort is found in him, right? His peace is found in him. Also, while we were in Nashville, we we went out to eat and my guy, John, was spinning. Like he was talking about how he's been reading the Psalms and he brought up this, this Psalm 42. So I read it. I was like, yo, what Psalm is that? He was talking about it. And I went and read it the next day. It's Psalm 42, one. And it says, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. And I read that, and something that John was talking about that that hit so hit home. He was just talking about how, like God is our oxygen. Like, like, like David is saying, like, yo, as a deer longs for streams, I long for you. Like, just how a deer needs water to survive, I need you to survive. And it's recognizing like God is our oxygen. It's just like just like if you put a fish out of water and put it on land, it's gonna die. Like if you put um shoot, I don't know, a jaguar in the water, tie it up, can't swim away, like it's gonna drown. God is the most conducive environment for us. He's the only environment that we could breathe in. He's the only environment that we could truly live and thrive in. I think that's something that you have to recognize. And I think and it's something I've I've been bringing up like the past few episodes in Romans eleven thirty six, like for from him and through him. And for him are all things, like from him are all things, are sustained by him. And that's something that you have to recognize. Um, and like the people who are taking to God too casually, like they're not really living, right? They're not really breathing to the extent that they could be. And this goes into what God's been teaching me about just being dependent on him. And I think the very simple fact that you aren't dependent on him is proof that you're taking him too lightly. If he is our oxygen and he's what we need to live, what we need to live, what we need to have have life and have it more abundantly, then it's like, why am I not depending on him? So it's kind of like just just really stepping stepping back and reflecting, reflecting. Because I think a practical indicator 
That's really what I'm trying to get at. Practical indicator that I'm taking to God lightly in my own life when I notice this, when I'm giving God my crumbs is like what people call it. Like that's a practical indicator that I'm taking to him too lightly when I'm not waking up and immediately praying to him, when I'm not talking to him throughout my day, when I'm not in his word. Those are all practical indicators that I'm taking him too lightly, right? Because if he's what I need to survive, then why am I not doing those things? So I think that's something to watch for is what I'm saying. Like watch for when you're not leaning on God, because those are the moments when you're taking him too lightly and you're being too casual and you're forgetting who he really is. He's the source. So yeah, I think that's that's something that you got to watch for with, with being too casual. With him. <clears throat> no, exactly. And this idea of crumbs reminds me of something I recently just saw. And it was someone just speaking to the fact that sometimes we can get into this particular mindset, perspective, remote in our life where let's just say we're waking up every morning and we'll read our word, we'll have our devotion and our quiet time. But it becomes something we want to get out of the way so we can do other things with our life later. So it's like, oh, like, let me just get my word now for like 15 to 20 minutes. So later tonight, I don't have to worry about it and or feel bad and or guilty that I didn't take some time Mm -hmm. to check this off. And I can, you know, do whatever it is, make sure myself I'm I'm entertained or my time is spent with friends and all these other particular events or activities that can take my devotion or my mind, my admiration and my love. And yes, this idea Mm -hmm. of giving God like our first fruits instead of these crumbs. Exactly. And that changes everything because God doesn't operate in what's casual. And I had a note put down that said, God is personal. He is not casual. God is the exact opposite of casual. If we expect him to be personal, then we cannot expect him to be casual. If we Mm -hmm. want a personal relationship with him, then we cannot be casual either. Mm -hmm. And... I'd read something and put this down that related talking about the fact that God isn't casual. The word casual meaning like relaxed, unconcerned, laid back, acting without much thought or premeditation, acting without sufficient care, preparation, not regular, permanent, temporary, happening by chance, accidental, etc. And it goes on to say, God is the exact opposite of casual. He is deliberate, concerned, focused, acting only with thought and premeditation, acting with sufficient care and preparation, regular, permanent, fixed, acting by choice, purposeful, acts with formality of matter, formal. It is because he is not casual that he is able to be personal. A casual being cannot be personal because the very nature of personal is scared, deep, and attaching We cannot attach ourselves ultimately to people who are casual. They simply can't be trusted. If God were casual being, then he could not be a personal God. And in fact, he would not be God at all. However, it is his lack of casualness and his incredible personal nature that often confuses and discourages the modern world from forging ties with him. They want him to care less and expect less. But unfortunately, he cares perfectly and always has the highest expectations. And so the modern generation struggles to come to know him because they are unwilling to bend to his terms for a relationship. They want him to be deep with them without them having to be deep in return. And I thought this was so powerful. Just the the latter part of what I just read in terms of that last sentence, but also this idea that 
A casual being cannot be personal because the very nature of personal is scared, deep, and attaching. We cannot attach ourselves ultimately to people who are casual. They simply cannot be trusted. Um, And the totality of this message being the fact that we can not expect like our relationship with God to go any further if we're not willing to take the steps as well. And we can't look for something more when we're only willing to give these small pieces of ourselves to your point of Mm -hmm. breadcrumbs. And sometimes that's what we want. We want all of him with just small parts of ourselves that we can give day by day, right? Okay, like just these small breadcrumbs of this small devotion in the morning, right? But I want the totality and the fullness of joy and all that you are and these small sacrifices of just spending this small time to check this off of this community service box of the time that I spent with other people this week rather than my full sacrifice of time and devotion to your people. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means to you, we have to challenge ourselves to always go deeper because what's casual can't be trusted and what's casual can't be expanded on. What's casual, what's casual really can't have any growth. And it just stays in this area that really we call lukewarm and Hmm. stagnant and comfortable. And there's in this constant cycle of meteorocracy and, that's it. And so I, I saw that I was reading it and I'm like, yo, like this relates so much and just ties all this in together with the fact that God is, isn't casual with us. Right. Mm-hmm. And there is a commitment to what he has and an expectation that he places mm-hmm. as well. And sometimes I think I brought this up because, again, this idea of friend and relationship can be so degraded and misinterpreted within the culture and what we think about it. And, you know, sometimes we joke about people who that like people are criminal who reference Jesus as daddy God, (laughs) which is absolutely crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, but I think it can be those things right there that may seem as a joke or lighthearted that can cause us our hearts to get hardened and not have that same vigor and that joy of salvation there because yeah. we just took it too lightly. Took it all way too lightly. Man, uh, I, the commitment part, the commitment part is is really what kind of caught caught my eye. It said in the in the article, it was just talking about how like people don't want to bend to like what God's like commitment and requirements are. Mm-hmm. And it's like you kind of rounded out the statement at the end of your point with that as well like there there's a commitment and people don't want to bend to it and i was thinking about reverence i think that's that was one of the my first points that i wrote down when i was thinking about this this episode is like bro there's a lack of reverence because at the end of the day like someone you have reverence for you're going to listen to like oh this is the commitment this is the requirement this is what you're telling me to do oh bet like anyone that you have that that fear and the respect and reverence for you're going to so i think the the fact that that's missing is because the reverence is also missing as well and 
I was I was reading this. I wasn't reading this verse. My girl told me about this verse like months ago, and I was going back through my my notes, and I was like, "Yo, this is so fire!" And it was Malachi one six, and it says, "A son honors his father, and a servant his master. But if I'm a father, where's the honor due me? And if I'm a master, where's the respect due me?" Says the Lord Almighty. And another version reads. A son honors his father and a servant his master. But if I'm a father, where's the honor due me? And if I'm a master, where is your fear of me? Says the Lord God Almighty. Okay, so, man, that's so far. So when I read this, the first thing I noticed is like there's two dynamics, right? There's two dynamics. So God says he's a father, but he's also a master. So on the flip side of that, our dynamic is we're, we have the role of son and servant. Right. So but like I, I guess the different language for what you're getting into is the fact that I think a lot of us are tapped into being sons and daughters a lot. Well, a lot a lot of us, we, we know what that means, like being a son and a daughter, but we just haven't understood what it means to be servants. And even the language itself, like people don't like because it gives off like this dogmatic like uh, but. You can't let, you know, your the negative connotation of the word kind of detach you from the principle itself. Like, bro, we're supposed to be servants in the sense that we have a fear of him. That's what that's what he says. He says honor comes with being a son because he says a son honors his father and a servant is master. And he says, if if I'm a father, where's the, the honor do mean if I'm a master, where's the fear do me? So honor comes with being a son and fear comes with being a servant. But that's the thing, like. I, I guess that that's where you see people who have this casual relationship. They go to church on Sundays. They read their Bibles here and there. That's honor. Like going to church is honoring someone. Like you're literally going to a service for someone. You're you're honoring God, right? You're you're a son. You're going. You're you're worshiping Him. You're praising and you're worshiping Him. That's honor. You're honoring Him. But there's no fear, right? There's no there's no reverence. Um, so that's, I think you can still find honor in a casual relationship. But I think what God, that the, the part of our relationship with him that we're missing is that is that reverence. And I just think this is something I've really been leaning on lately is like and praying on is asking that God helps me understand what it means to be a servant. Because I think this is something I have knowledge of and I think it's important to do. And, I, and, I, and it's something that I know, but I, there's there's a difference between knowing it and understanding it. And so I've really just been leaning into that and praying, like, God, help me understand what it means to be a servant. Because if I have that reverence for you, like, it's it's not, it's never going to be casual, right? I'm, I'm never going to slip back into anything or, or go go into these days where I'm just not seeking you the way that I should be. So in other words, maybe when it comes to the idea that we are sons and servants and a son honors and a servant fears. What I kind of took away from that is, in, in some instances, or in some ways, we can break this down to the fact that honor can almost represent or mean respect, but fear can represent sacrifice. And the idea that, yo, like, you know, a lot of times we know kind of what it looks like to honor God and ritual and practice and behavior. But when we move into a fear that's when we actually listen that's when right whatever sacrifice needs to happen isn't a burden and 
it is easy for us to do so. And it's something mm-hmm. that we're willing to do, that we desire to do. And this fear produces, again, like we keep mentioning, a reverence, a deeper level of respect that pushes us to action, uh, that we initiate. And that allows us to go deeper, as I mentioned, in our walk, in our knowledge of him. And so, no, that's hard. I like that. What's that verse? Yeah. It's Malachi 1.6. Malachi 1.6. It's one of them ones I've been, I've been memorizing lately, bro. It's, it's fire, For sure. Bro. Yeah. It's that's fire. super super different. So, I think with what you've been saying and what you've been going through, what does it actually look like for us to move from this place of maybe complacency with our relationship with God to mm. a place in our life where we do have that joy of our salvation and it is this reverence that we wake up with that we want to serve yeah. and or even if it's not necessarily there, we're still willing to say yes anyway. Mm-hmm. What does that transition look like? How do we get there? Have you done that? Like even practically day by day of mm-hmm. aligning your flesh and your mind to what, you know, your yeah. spirit wants essentially. Yeah, I think a real practical thing, and this this is going to sound so simple, but like in a practical worldly sense, like, and then I'm going to get to like, you know, our relationship with God in that parallel. But so imagine, imagine someone walks up to you, someone that you love, like y'all in a relationship and they walk up to you and they're like, say, it's like, yo, Jordan, like, I just, I don't want to, I don't really love, like, I don't know. I'm struggling with loving you. Like, it's not easy. I need you to help me love you. Like, I, I can't really love you. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's difficult to, that don't make no sense, bro. Someone comes up to me and say that like they're packed up. Like, what are you talking about? You, <laughs> it's hard for you to love me, bro. You should just want to love me. You should just want to choose me. And that's why, and, and God showed me like, that's why it's always been so difficult for me to run to him so that he could help me choose him. Cause it seems so backwards, but we talk mm. about like the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom is so backwards from what we know and what we experience. But like I've been saying, and this is like, I think people can, you can always tell what God's teaching me through what I'm talking about. But like, I've been saying like for, from him to him, through him are all things like you cannot do anything without God. You can't even seek him without him. And for so long, I felt like it's not genuine if I need his help to do it. Like I have to do it in my own strength because if not, then like, it's not real. Like it has to be me that's, that's toughing it through and. But God's been teaching me, like, no, like, pray to me. Like, when you don't want to choose me, you wake up and you don't want to read your word. Pray to me, like, God, like, help me, like, lead me, guide me into choosing you, guide me into reading your word. Like, I'm struggling. I don't really want to. And as I've been doing that, like, I've in real time been seeing, like, it helps. Like, it helps because that that's that moment that you're no longer leaning on your strength, but his, right? Because you can't, you literally can't do anything without him. And like I said, it seems so backwards, which is why. For so long, it's been so difficult for me to do that, but it's it's what he wants, right? And he he understands that you're not strong enough to do it without his strength. He wants you to run to him for everything. So I, that's like a practical thing that's been helping me, um, I guess, move out of this like you know, the casual place or or choose him when it's when it's hard to or um, really even even the thing I talked about like having a fear of him. 
I've been praying like, God, help me understand how to do that. I don't know how to do that on my own, God. Like, I'm not going to be able to fear you unless you help me do it, right? Unless you reveal some part of your character to me, unless you walk me through some lesson or some experience, you you need to guide me into doing that because I want to, but I, I can't do it in my own strength. So I think that's been a real practical thing is like recognizing that it's okay to do that. Like it's okay to ask God for it. <laughs> And I'll add to that because I was thinking about this earlier today and it's the idea that the weight of perfection will always leave us paralyzed. And just naturally, when even when it comes to romantic relationships, I think that there is some ideal that people may have when it comes to, you know, the honeymoon phase of what relationships yeah. are and what they'll always be. And I was thinking about the fact that like love isn't linear. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know this. I did I had mm. no idea that this would even tie into the conversation. Mm. But I was thinking about the fact that love isn't linear. And what I mean by that is that there isn't going to be a perfect relationship. Like you're going to have your bumps in the road, your natural arguments, your fights, mm. disagreements, or whatever that may be. And the sooner I feel as if like people realize that when it comes to romantic relationships, they won't be taken aback when it happens and they'll feel less of a pressure for it to always be clear cut and right right and perfect. And that allows them to be present in what love is instead of trying to shape it into what they think it should be. So as you were speaking, that came to my mind and I think the power or beauty of God in our relationship with him is a vulnerability he allows us to have. And if we tap more into that, that is also, you know, to your point, the key for us to continue to move into this place of going deeper with him because it's inevitable, right? Like you can't have something casual, like casual essentially insinuates that there's no depth. So the deeper that we get with God when mm. it comes to our seek of him, but also the way that we pour onto right. him and we give to him mm-hmm. is the stronger our relationship can grow in him. Right. And so, right. yes, I think the weight of perfection will leave us paralyzed, leave us mm-hmm. on pause and leave us in a casual state with God. But the moment we move past that fear and of whatever it may be of how he may respond or what it may look like is when we can really open up so many doors we never even thought. So I love that point. And I think along with all of that, one of the biggest things is just simply and very practically like a detox of your life and whatever that may be for you. I think that for me, I've mentioned a few times, just even when it comes to being entertained and dopamine with social media and or streaming, YouTube, whatever it is. Mm When it comes to a practical reset of your life, you know, like when's the last time that you've been able to sit with yourself whenever you've been able to just be alone, whenever you've been able to just be in a still room, quiet to hear God's voice and really soak and wait for him to show up in a room and really go after it within your prayer life to push in, to feel his presence and so that's what I would say is just a discipline to genuinely remove anything yeah. and allow yourself 
to be available for anything that he has for you, like to be a, a completely empty, emptied vessel in the yeah. sense that you're available for him because there's nothing else that has you attached to it. And the more you press into that in your everyday of just even taking one day where, you know what, I'm setting this aside, taking two days where, you know what, I'm allowed this to just be on pause for a second and right. really turning to him or just like being present in what is, that'll allow that intimacy to also grow deeper and for us to go further. Yeah. So that's all I'd say. Anything else? That'll do it. That's the that'll one. That'll do it. <laughs> that, uh, that sound. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, okay, okay. Hold on. This is so random, bro. But have you seen that that video? It's one of the videos that circulates like every year, bro. It's it's mm-hmm. around Thanksgiving, bro. There's this little it's this white it's white kid, right? And he's around the table with his family and he's like crying like he's praying and like that, like <laughs> you ever just like he's praying and he's like thanking god for everything he has and he's crying he's like he's like he's like it's too much it's just, i'm so thankful like and every time i think about like just people stuff bro the con no, i know what you're talking about the comments on that be having your meek they be saying bro's dying with gratitude bro's dying with gratitude <laughs> Like Yo. he was distraught because he was oh so my grateful. Bro. He's like, like he's burdened by gratefulness. <laughs> Yo, yeah, bro, that every is, single time I see that video, oh, it that just makes sends my day me so much better, bro. Oh, that sends me every. I saw time. that earlier. I was gone. I was like, that's hilarious, bro. That is it right there, man. <laughs> yep, that's the one. That'll do it. Yes, sir. So look, man, we hope y'all enjoy the rest of y'all's weekend um, with friends and family. And, you know, the rest of this year, too, we coming to the end. 2024, we ready. We've been working. We preparing a lot of new things. And we're ready to just Mm -hmm. let you all in on it all. But in the meantime, y'all know what it is. Stay you. Stay real. Let's stay humble. We'll catch y'all next week. Much love. You know what I'm saying?